Hey there, I'm Adam Demetrician, the lead pastor at Pathways Church in Appleton, Wisconsin. And this is our podcast. I hope this message inspires you, feeds your faith, and ultimately leads you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Well, you know, since it's a hunting season here in Northeast Wisconsin, and uh, you know, you saw those movies, that uh, video has that vibe for Hunger Games or Lord of the Rings. And I know some of you guys have seen those movies, right? So I figured, you know, I'd just bring out one of these. And uh, our series uh, this weekend is called Arrows, and I'm really excited that you're with us. Now, if you are joining us online, you're not from Wisconsin, uh, hunting around here is a big yeah, it's a really big deal. And so uh, we thought that it should be a great way to kick off this series. Well, my name is Adam Demetrician. I'm so glad that you're with us. You're a part of our online family. You belong here. And if you're in the room, can you help me welcome everybody who's joining us online today? Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. That's exciting. That's so good. And if you are our guest today, somebody invited you to be a part of Pathways, and I just wanna let you know that you belong here. You belong here. You're so important to God. You're important to us here at Pathways Church. And we're so grateful that you took a portion of your weekend to uh, be a part of what is taking place and, and trying out our church. And maybe you're new to the church thing or new to faith or God, and you're here. I don't know why you're here, but here's what I do know. I know behind your why is God. And God brought you here today. And so if you want to be a part of our faith family, there's something we call newish around here. It's going to be taking place next weekend, Sunday, October 23rd, after this service. And so if you want to register for that, you can talk to somebody out at Connect at the end of service today, or you can download our mobile app and register for that. Hey, two weeks ago, I told you that because of your generosity, we were able to send resources down to Florida for hurricane uh, support. And relief there. So really excited about that. And at that time, I said we were prayerfully considering a trip, a, a missions trip down there. And so we've decided uh, sometime during the winter, which here in Wisconsin lasts about eight months, here in the winter, we're going to take a missions trip. When we know details, we'll let you know about that. So you can be praying and asking if that's something that God wants you to be a part of. So because we're a growing church and there's a lot of people who are new here at Pathways, I decided to kick off this series called Arrows by talking just for a few moments about my family. Laura and I have been married for 22 years and we met in college first as friends and then we fell in love. And, and our first date, our first date, we went to a Tigers-Yankees spring training game. And um, because it was going so well, I had this brilliant idea. And I got to remember I didn't have any money. So I was thinking to myself, how can I extend this date? So I put all the moves on. I said, hey, Laura, I said, do you want to walk around Walmart with me after the game? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of how it got started. And uh, I know that sounds terrible, at, you know, in this moment, but at that time I thought, man, this, this is great. And so uh, we just kind of extended the date. And uh, fast forward four years later, and we had our first daughter, Grace. Grace was a firecracker right from the moment. She is and was and continues to be. And, and here's the thing, like we had no idea what we were doing as parents. Uh, parents, you know what I'm talking about? No idea what we were doing. And then four years later, we 
we added our second daughter, Ella, who we affectionately call E-Bear here in our home, and she completed the Demetrician family. And, and I tell you what, man, I am just so excited about our family because our family, like right now, as you see them on the screen, Grace's uh, second year at the University of Missouri studying business and finance, and Ella's a, a junior at Appleton North Go Lightning, and they all love Jesus. They all love Jesus. Now, here's the thing. When you, um, we've celebrated some tremendous times together as a family. I mean, oh, incredible moments of joy and happiness and, and memories, birthday parties and, and all the faith things. I mean, they were dedicated and baptized in church events and, and joy and a lot of love and, and so much goodness. And, and when you see a picture, let, let's put that picture again of my family. When you see this picture, it'd be easy for you to think to yourself, now there's a perfect family. But, but can you look up here? T take that down for a moment. Everybody look up here. There's no perfect family. And there are no perfect parents. And there are no perfect kids. Like, my family, we've made a lot of mistakes. I have made so many mistakes as a husband and a father. I mean, some of the dumbest marriage and parenting mistakes you can ever imagine. For example, one time I threw away all of the Christmas presents for our entire family. It was on accident, of course, on accident. But Laura was like, where are all those trash bags? And I'm like, oh, I thought it was garbage. I threw it away. She was like, those are the Christmas presents. Fortunately, we, we retrieved those. I, I've, I've forgotten, how, not only have I been late, I have completely forgotten to pick up kids at events before. Ever did, ever did that? Yeah, I've completely forgotten that. Don't judge me. I've, I've forgotten to do it. In marriage, like, I, oh, parenting, I, I have disciplined too harshly. I've disciplined too softly. I haven't disciplined at all. I've kind of left that up to Laura for a season in my family. Like I've made some of the dumbest mis like marriage mistakes. Laura and I, we've gotten into fights, like ugly fights. These aren't just like Christian pastor fights. These are ugly fights. I've said the dumbest things. I've been mean, I've been selfish. My kids, my kids have been disobedient. They have broken our rules. They have blown off our advice. If you're new at this time, you're probably thinking, why are you on stage then? And why am I here at this church? I get it. But in the midst of this, we have shown each other love and grace as we have learned to love each other. And can I just say at the outset of this entire series, perfection is not the target. Love is the target. If you're living under this, this pressure of being a perfect parent or a perfect teenager or a perfect kid, or if you're placing that expectation on your spouse or as a parent, you're placing that on your, on your kid. Listen, perfection is not the target. Love is the target. Love is the target. And so for this series, I wanna give us a working definition of family. If you're taking notes, jot this down or take a picture of this on the screen. Family, family is God's design for us to experience his love and to learn how to love. Now, 
we have to ask ourselves the question, well, when did God design family? He did that all the way back in Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, here's what scripture says. They're so fascinating. Genesis chapter one says this, that, that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28 says this, God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, here are two essential elements for family. There are, there are two essential things, components of family. The first is marriage. The first element is marriage. Verse 27 says that God created both male and female. He brought male and female together in a lifelong marriage covenant and a relationship which by the way is a great piece of advice if you're recently married or you intend to get married one day. Here's a piece of advice. You need to know this, that before your kids, before you have children, if the Lord would bless you with children, before your children, you were a family. See, your, your kids are just a welcome addition into the marriage relationship and the foundation of the family that he brought between you and your spouse. And this is really important because if you are a parent or if you're a grandparent, you know the temptation when you have kids, you make your children the center of the family. And this isn't healthy because at some point you'll stop nurturing your marriage, right? And so... That's why it's so critical that we have healthy marriages. And I get it. Marriage is very challenging. It's difficult. I mean, you have a journey of two people becoming one. You have two viewpoints, two interests, two passions, two families that are becoming one. You're bringing them together. And that's why it's critical to have a faith foundation in Jesus Christ for your marriage. Now, I know even with a faith foundation, Marriages, we, we, we struggle, we, we hit bumps in the road. There are things that, ha life happens. And that's why one of the amazing ministries of Pathways Church is, is called Marriage Mentors. They're designed really specifically to, to really lead, to cultivate healthy marriages, a part of our community, our church family. They're there to, to mend hurting marriages and restore hope and to lead you on some of those milestones of your spiritual journey as a family. And so if you wanna leave your name out at Connect, one of our team leads will reach out to you and you can be a part of that ministry as you grow in your marriage. Now, the, the second element of a family is parenthood. Verse 28, God says that we need to be fruitful. He says to Adam and Eve, I want you to, to be fruitful and increase in number. He's talking about parentinghood. Uh, parenthood is, is, is uh, where we, we have the joy of taking these, these children and, and shaping them. God blesses us with these kids. And so if you're a parent here today or if you hope to one day be a parent or if you're helping to parent a child or an infant or a teenager or you're watching your kids parent or you have any level of responsibility, you feel the weight and, and, and ownership of raising a human being, then this series is designed for you. This series is designed for all of us because God is calling all of us to have healthier families. That's, that's his design so that we can experience his love and, and learn how to love. So if you've uh, ever um, read the Bible though, uh, <laughs> if you've ever read much of the Bible, here's what you're gonna discover. 
The Bible doesn't have a lot of examples of great marriages and families. Actually, in, in fact, it, it really is a go-to guide for family dysfunction. If you wanna see family dysfunction, read the Bible. T take, take, for example, the first family. Cain killed Abel, right? Jacob had 12 sons and, and he was extremely, he had one son that he loved so much, his name was Joseph, that he, he showed him favoritism. He got him a coat of many Hey, what about the marriage of, of Samson and Delilah or the scandal? You might say, well, you know, Delilah, she was like, okay, what about the scandalous story of the chosen anointed king, King David, who committed adultery with Bathsheba? Even when we look at Jesus's own family, his brothers thought he was crazy and did not believe he was the Messiah until after the resurrection. Now, now, if you're a part of a family, this should give you great comfort and relief to know that the Bible is full of stories and individuals who didn't get it right when it comes to marriage and family. They, they're tired. They weren't perfect. They were just like us because while all of us have experienced some amazing moments when it comes to our families, can we also acknowledge that there's been a lot of pain and hurt and dare say trauma? You see the picture of my family, but you don't know those challenges and those difficulties, just like I don't know your challenges and difficulties. Words and realities about our families that are described by some of these terms. Separation, nesting, divorce, abuse, adoption, abortion, favoritism, infertility, blended families, transracial families, single parenting, death of a child, death of a spouse, addiction. I know that one from my own family of origin. My brother was my first prayer request. He was seven years older than me. He started using drugs when he was 12 years old and he died at the age of 45. He overdosed in my parents' basement. I know, I know, I know. Zero faith foundation, flourishing faith, destructive religion, different religions. We could take the next 45 minutes in a room this side, especially with all the technology in our online faith family and states away, we could just chat and talk about all the family dysfunction and dynamics that, that really has just destructed so much of our inner being. Regrets, things that we look at and we think through and are like, man, I wish I would have done that different. But, but here's what I know about you. I know that every single person, that you are a part of a family. And I know every single person, you, you are someone's child. And I have been praying and I believe that this series can be so restorative and healing for us. For, for the families that we were raised in, our family of origin, or the family that you're creating today. I believe that if we don't pay attention to some of the, the unhealth and some of the wounds and work through some of those things through the power of the Holy Spirit and the scriptural truths, then what we'll do is recycle those down through the genera generations. And if you would just give me permission to be able to speak into your life as your pastor, to care for you, to, to shepherd you, to speak from God's word, then I believe that God can, can bring some healing and can continue to grow healthy families that are part of our community. Because that's what we want, amen? All right, so we're still left with the problem. And the problem is this. Well, Adam, if there are no 
really uh, great examples of marriage and family in the Bible, then what does God's word have to say about family? That's a great question. And I want you to think about it this way. Every artist, every artist has a masterpiece and we know that artists by their greatest masterpiece. Take for example, Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh had the most memorable painting, his oil painting of what? Do you remember the oil painting? It's, it's of, the, of the starry night. It's of the starry night, there it is. Starry night, starry night. It's interesting, if you do some research on the starry night, of all the buildings of the starry night, all the buildings, there's always a light in all the buildings except which building, do you know? The church. That can't be true of Pathways Church. Can't be true of Pathways Church. There has to be a light. There has to be a power of Jesus Christ. Or what about uh, uh, the great filmmaker, George Lucas? George Lucas in his like epic, like all the movies, how do we know him of his greatest masterpiece of of Star Wars, right? We know Star Wars to represent. Well, the same is true of God. We know God through his greatest masterpiece. He gives us an image, a picture of family because the characters, the biblical characters don't represent his heart's desire for marriage and family. What he does is he gives us an image. If you have a Bible today, I wanna show it to you in Psalm 127. Psalm 127 is a passage where we see the picture, the masterpiece of God when he talks about family. This message I'm calling your arrows, your arrows. Everybody say your arrows, your arrows. Here's what Psalm 127 says. It begins this way. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain, you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those that he loves. The point of these verses is simply this, that you shouldn't try to build your house alone. Apart from God's help, the results that you're going for really will fall fall short. You need God, you need his strength, you need his power in building your home, your family, your marriage. You need God. That's what the psalmist is saying. Verse three, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a, say that next word with me, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed, this word is like an eruption of blessing, an eruption of happiness. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They, they, your children, will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So what the psalmist does, this is so cool. He gives us this visit, vivid, this intense, this exciting, active, not a passive picture, but an active, exciting picture of what family is about. In this moment, he says family is all about an archery range. He transforms family and he says, a family is like an archery range and and kids are like, like arrows. And every parent is like an archer who, who takes these arrows and has a consistent and has a, a, a pattern, a process, an order of parenting and, and shooting these arrows into the world. He says, this picture is so powerful. We all get this. We understand what archery is about. 
And, and what we're gonna find in scripture is that God has clear foundational truths when it comes to marriage and family. So today what I wanna do is I wanna give you three foundational truths and I want every single person to be a part of, of this series. So if you're watching online today, if you can be here in person next week, I wanna invite you to be in person because I think it's really important that we gather together. And if you're here in person and you're gonna miss next week, I want you to catch online or catch later in the week the content. And if you wanna share this content, I believe that this can enrich other families, families that you know and that you love, people in your family or in your neighborhood or people that you do life with that need to hear this message about the importance of family. So let me give you the first uh, foundational truth. First foundational truth is this. Your children are a blessing, not a burden. Your children are a blessing, not a burden. Verse three says that children are a heritage, a gift, a reward from God. Now, if you're here today and you're struggling with infertility, you might be thinking to yourself, so does that mean then that I'm not blessed, I'm not rewarded by God? I don't have a reward. No, it doesn't mean that. In fact, uh, Friday night at our worship night, we, we, we prayed for a couple who's battling infertility right now. And our prayer team came around them and we're believing that God is gonna give them a baby. In fact, we've seen that numerous times in our congregation where doctors have said, you know what? There's no chance that you're gonna have a baby. God bless them with a baby. And so we believe in miracles. We believe that God can do that. But we've also prayed for couples that same way and they've never had a baby. So are they not rewarded by God? No. Some of those very same couples have gone through an adoption process or through fostering or respite care and they've experienced the reward and the blessing of family from God through those beautiful ways. Uh, another thing about the blessing of God through family. It says in scripture that uh, verse five, blessed is the man, the woman whose quiver is full. Man whose quiver is full. Oh, I almost dropped that. Whew. Quiver's full of arrows. Now, now here's what's so powerful about this. What the psalmist is saying is the way we think about our children are so important. We need to think about them as a blessing first and foremost. They're a blessing from God because they're from him to us. Now, can we just all admit that sometimes they don't feel like blessings, right? Can we admit, is it, is it safe for him to say that sometimes our kids are just little rebellious demoniacs that run around our house? That they take all of our energy and they are so selfish and they just prove to us that we're selfish and we get so angry and we, man, they will suck all of your energy, all of your time, all of your money, and they will leave you dead on your living room floor. Right? I mean, I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but, but they don't always feel like a blessing. But I think what the psalmist is suggesting to us, if we wanna become better parents, we have to eradicate the thought process of, of thinking of them as a burden. We have to first and foremost, see them as a blessing. To say to ourselves, if you just wanna be a better parent, just begin to say, they are not a burden. Even when it is so difficult, 
I get it, I've been there. They are a blessing, they are a blessing. You know, God revealed this to me as I was parenting grace. I was in this uh, phase of parenting grace and I was in my mid twenties and I just wanted grace. Parents, can you relate? You just want your kid to get to the next stage because you're kind of tired of that stage. And you're like, you know what? If they would just start walking, I'm so tired of walking around, the, right? And were like, if they would get out of di- diapers or if they would get into school, you know, like, you're, and I was wishing the stages away. And I don't know when it happened, but I felt like God just spoke to my heart and said, stop wishing, don't wish those away. One day you'll wish that you had those moments back. And now I look back on those moments and you know what God would showed me? He showed me this, that those stages They were actually blessings to shape your heart as a father as much as you were trying to shape the heart of your daughter. They're a blessing, not not a burden. And I get it, parenting is difficult. Parenting a child is difficult. But a child is not a burden. Difficult is different than a burden. It's, It's different. Your child is not a burden. Can I say it this way? You are not a burden. If you're here today and you received that message from your family of origin, if you went through something as a child that created hurt and pain and trauma, you are not a burden. You're created in God's image. He loves you. You were created with purpose and meaning and destiny. You are not a burden. I know I'm speaking to someone today. And I wanna speak blessing over you because you are a blessing. That's who you are. That's who God created you to be. Can you receive that today? So with that being said, let me give you the second foundational truth. Uh, different, different arrows, same target, one target. Different arrows, one target. Different arrows, one target. Listen, this is really important in parenting because um, have you ever thought to yourself, you know, uh, <laughs> have you ever had this thought, how could those same kids come from, how could those two kids come from the same house? Have you ever thought about that, right? Listen, the, the arrows are a little different And that's why we need to really adjust our parenting style accordingly. One of the worst things you can do is to try to parent every kid the exact same way. It really is. Same values, yes. Same target, yes. Target of love. Same scriptural foundation, yes. But you have to adjust your parenting style based on the arrows that God has given to you. Now, this is where it was kind of fascinating. Uh, Pastor Michael is kind of the resident expert when it comes. He's like our outdoorsman on the staff, okay? And so uh, last week I uh, sat down with him and, and I, I wanted to ask him some questions about arrows. And I said, hey, uh, tell, me about, tell me about arrows. Like what are the purpose of arrows and, and what are the parts of an arrow and how much do arrows cost and you know all these things. And it was kind of interesting for me. He said, well, well, first of all, the purpose of an arrow is to kill an animal or it's in combat. We use arrows, we use bow, we, or it's a sport, it's an Olympic sport. And I said, well, how much do arrows cost? He said, well, somewhere between like 50 and, and, and $400 for a set of arrows. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And then this is where it got fascinating. He said, tell me the different parts of an arrow. And so he uh, pulled out some arrows and he said, well, an arrow has four different parts. The first part is the knock. Everybody say the knock. 
The knock is what you put against the bowstring. The knock is designed for stability so that when the archer shoots the arrow, it's tied to the string. It's, it's supported there. And then you have the fletchings. The fletchings are really interesting to me. There's typically three or four fletchings and the fletchings help everything about shooting. This is what Michael was saying. Everything about shooting is stabilizing the arrow in flight. You wanna control the flight of the arrow and the fletchings are especially important. These three or four things are designed if the archer is off balance or something happens at launch when he releases, when she releases the arrow, the fletching will help stabilize what takes place. So metaphorically, you can think about God's Holy Spirit to guide your child as he or she is flying through the air. Or you can think about Bible, or you can think about all the prayers that you prayed as a parent, or you can think about our faith family and programs like Roots or Pathways Students. These are, these, are, these are ways to help support your child through the air. And then the third part is, is the shaft. The shaft is what's usually made up of carbon. It's lightweight, it's strong. And then finally is the tip. And I, I took the tip off because I didn't want to concern our security team. So um, the, the tip is gone, but uh, smaller the tip, bigger the arrow. You can put an elk down with a small tip. It goes right through them. And, and what was so interesting to me as I talked to Pastor Michael about this, I said, well, you know, he's really into this. He makes his own arrows. I said, wow. I said, so tell me, um, like, uh, how do you know which arrows to get? He said, well, if you want to get really, really into this, Adam, arrows are typically made for the archer. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, everything, the specs of an arrow are designed for how far you're going to pull back the bowstring. They're, they're all this, this, this technology behind it in selecting an arrow. And I thought to myself, it was like an aha moment. I thought, oh my word, isn't that just like God? Because what God does with our arrows, he gives us our children that perfectly fit us as parents. He gives us these blessings that are arrows to us. So while there might be different arrows and different kids that you have, there's one target and God has blessed you with the children that you have. The third foundation, third foundational truth of, of today's message is simply this. Your arrows will go beyond your life. Your arrows will, will fly beyond your life. This speaks of legacy. In verse five the second part, the psalmist says it this way, that your arrows, they're gonna go before you. And when they get to court, they'll contend in court so that you as a parent will not be put to shame. What, does that, what is he talking about? You know what he's talking about? That when you release your kids, when they fly further beyond your life, when they get out into life, that they're gonna know how to love. They're gonna know how to battle. They're gonna, they're gonna know how to, to really uh, live a life full of integrity and principle and morality. They're, hopefully with your guidance, have a biblical foundation. They're gonna do some really amazing things because of the way that you've parented and cared for those arrows. They're gonna fly beyond you. This is legacy. This is 
parenting on the edge of eternity. This is what the apostle Paul says as related to, to us as parents, that we don't fix our eyes on what is seen or what is temporal, but what is unseen and what is eternal. That we parent differently with a different trajectory and a different pool. We think to ourselves, these kids are blessings. They're not a burden and they're different, but there's one target, the target of love. And I am called the high calling of parenting to know that these little gifts have been given to me and I am going to lead them into their destiny. I'm the archer. And as parents and as grandkids, as teachers and as coaches, do, do, do you know what we're called to be? We're called to be consistent. We're, we're called to be faithful. We're, we're called to, to have our process. And we're called to know our own style flowing in our own style as we love and equip the next generation with godly principles. So what I wanted to do as we get to this place in the message, I thought it would be really cool to take all these three foundational truths and put them on top of the foundation, the foundation himself of Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. And if you're online today and you're joining us, I want you to pause. I want you to do two things. I want you to turn up the volume and then I want you to go ahead and find some elements. We're gonna receive communion together as a church family. If you're here in the room and you forgot to get elements, you can go out in the lobby. There's some tables in the back. Why don't you grab some elements? And, and as you're doing that and preparing yourselves, I thought about what I wanted to do is I want all of us to think about the very definition I gave you at the top of the message, the definition of family. Family is what? Family is God's design for us to experience his love and learn how to love in the confines of a family. Now, here's the thing. If you want to love your spouse and your kids in the purest and the truest sense, according to God's word, you first have to experience God's love. You can read every book, every blog, you can get all the parenting, but the reality is you have to first experience his love. You know why? Because when you experience his love, you place yourself as his son or his daughter, and he is your heavenly father. Experientially, you understand the love of a father, and as experientially, you experience the love as a mother. Because here's the thing as parents, we are given an enormous platform, tremendous influence. One day, your child will grow up, or your grandchild will grow up, and they will hear the name of God. And when they hear the name of God, they will hear that God is the heart of a father. Or as Isaiah puts it in the Old Testament, he is like a nurturing mother. And they will either have a clear and accurate representation of who God is and understand God with a level of ease because of you, or they'll take a significant amount of time in their life to gain an accurate picture in spite of you. That's a weighty thing as a parent, as a grandparent. There's so much there. And that's why we need to experience his love so that they can understand our God. Jesus said it this way, greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to receive these words as Jill and the team sings over you. And I'll come back up and we'll take communion together.